0: Hi, welcome to A Weekly Word. I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Glory Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio. Thanks for being with me. Today, I want to talk with you about Cyril and Methodius. And if you've not heard of them before, don't worry about it. Um, But there is a day set aside in uh, the church year to commemorate these two brothers. Uh, it's May 11, and this day helps us to remember the work that they did to bring God's word to people in a country that no longer exists. It's the country of Moravia. Um, they were alive in the 800s AD. Um, at this point, the church isn't just legal, it's, it's official. And there are two centers of the church at the time Uh, one of them is rome the vatican is working Uh, the uh, the papacy is in place and they're doing the work uh, uh, that god called them to do Uh, and the other is in constantinople which is now istanbul istanbul was constantinople now it's istanbul not constantinople Um, hopefully you know that song but uh, uh, if not Make sure that you look up They Might Be Giants version uh, of the song Istanbul. Great song. Anyhow, enough foolishness. Uh, There is a division in the church and in the world, kind of east and west. And you can really kind of center them around Rome and Constantinople. And this division impacts the politics, and it obviously impacts the, the religious flavor of the lands uh, that are aligned with these two different um, two different cities. Now, there is this area that's kind of in between Moravia. Uh, Moravia was formed by parts of um, what would today be the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Austria, Germany, Poland, Romania, Slovakia, um, Serbia, excuse me, and in uh, and the Ukraine. Uh, So it's this spot that's kind of in between Constantinople and Rome. And there was a king there by the name of Rostislav. uh, And he was really kind of considering where is he being pulled and what are these political alliances doing within his, his country. And he sees that he has Christians that are aligned with the West uh, back to Rome. He has Christians that are aligned to the east, to Constantinople. And he also has a really significant population of um, Slavic pagans. And he, he wants to bring them together in, in, in kind of one faith. And so he chooses, he chooses to write to Constantinople to get help. This is part of the letter that he wrote. He said, "Many Christians have arrived in our midst. Some Italian, some Greek, some German, and they have spoken to us in their different ways. But we Slavs are simple people, and we have no one to teach us the truth. Therefore, we pray you to send someone capable of teaching us the whole truth." And Cyril and Methodius are the men that are tapped for the job. And one of the most important things that they did as they're teaching uh, the, the people of Moravia the gospel and, and the fullness of God's word, is they figured out how to bring the Slavonic language into a written form. Uh, and uh, they actually formed what was a proto-Cyrillic. Uh, they, they created an alphabet that is the foundation of the Cyrillic alphabet that is still in use today in places like Russia. And they used this alphabet to Translate the Bible into Slavonic and the liturgy so that people would have God's word and they would also have a format in order to worship together, to gather around God's word and to receive the sacraments. Now, it's probably not shocking, but they did receive some opposition because there were people who believed that when you're teaching the faith, you should only use Greek, the language of the New Testament, Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, and Latin, which is the language of theology, really. A lot of the early theology of the church is in Latin. Uh, And interestingly, Cyril and Methodius, when they're trying to work out this, uh, this conflict, they don't go back to Constantinople, they actually go to Rome. And they appeal to Rome, and Rome actually puts its stamp of approval on the work that they were doing, bringing the gospel to the Slavic people. I think that there are some important principles that we gather uh, from Cyril and Methodius and their work. And one is to recognize that our context changes. Um, For Cyril and Methodius, their context changed because they went from one place to another. And we still have missionaries that travel from wherever they're living to someplace else. We used to think of this a lot as Americans going to some other nation. I've actually met missionaries from other nations that have come here to America. And that, that's a that's a pretty neat thing to experience. And I think it says something about where we're at in our world, that our context has changed as well. And it is worth thinking about how are we communicating God's truth and the gospel to people today. How do we communicate the message of Jesus? How do we worship when we gather? How do we catechize people? How do we teach the faith to others? And there is, I think, a call to bring God's word to our context. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that this is completely on our shoulders. I believe that our Lord Jesus has his completely under control and the spirit of God is already at work in our our country and even in us to bring the gospel to people and to help us, well, to drag us along uh, as he does his work of bringing faith into the lives of others. But I do think that there are some helpful insights in what Cyril and Methodius did. And I draw two of them from the letter from King uh, Rostislav. And the first is, he says that the Slavs are simple people. And I think that when we think about our witness, simple is good. When we talk to people out there in the world, a lot of times they think they know what we're about. But sometimes a simple witness can be a very powerful thing. We don't need to get into the deep weeds of theology in every conversation. Just keep it simple. Focus on Jesus. Focus on his death to atone for our sins, his resurrection, to win everlasting life for us. You know, to to show that he has won the victory. Keep it simple. It's a good, good policy in a lot of ways when we think about how we share the gospel with people today. Uh, the, the next is uh, King Rostislav wanted somebody who was capable of teaching the whole truth. And I think that there's something important for us there, too, that we teach the truth, the whole truth. That we we don't we don't need to curry to the culture. We speak God's truth. And that means, yes, the law, that God has said certain things about how we're supposed to live if we're his people. But it very clearly means the gospel talking about the forgiveness of sins in a way that is uh, meaningful in today's world because there ain't no forgiveness in today's world. I don't know if you've noticed that. To be able to speak of forgiveness and salvation is a powerful thing. And to teach the truth about forgiveness, I think that that's going to grab people's hearts And yeah, there is a need for knowledge of the scriptures, for you and me. And I think more than a knowledge of the scriptures, a dependency on God uh, and his work through the spirit in our lives, through that means of grace in God's word. So, simple is good. Teach the truth. I think another important point is that worship matters. How we go about worship matters. And it, it, this idea that when we gather, we gather around God's word to receive his gifts, that we gather around the word and the sacraments, it's pretty powerful. It's really important that there's a timelessness to what we do when we gather as God's people. Uh, because this is a, an, an eternal and uh, universal message that we have received in Jesus. So thinking about what we do when we gather is important. And then lastly, love your neighbor. I think Cyril and Methodius probably could have gone back to Constantinople and turned that into a power play, but instead they loved the people that they were dealing with, and so they actually went to Rome, which I think in the end gave them a stronger position to reach more people with the love of Jesus. And I think that probably took a lot of humility that was rooted in not a care about themselves but a a love for the people that they were serving we're living in a post-christian world you know and and we can lament that if we want um, but we can also recognize that there's need out there in the world to bring the message of the gospel and to see ourselves as translators to bring god's word to people today and also That we are called to be his witnesses to share the love of jesus and the hope we have because christ died for our sins and he has risen and i don't think we need to fret about the future but to trust that he is at work and he'll use us to bring his love and forgiveness to others thanks for taking some time to be with me god's blessings to you Um, if this was helpful to you if this was interesting you know Please share it. Um, You you can like, you you can comment, whatever. Uh, Always glad for that. And uh, I hope you'll come back and join me next time.